I'm Hans. And I'm Laura. And we, we love, love to, to go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Before the pandemic, we loved to go to the theater and watch a film on Saturday. And now we're doing it in our living room. But one way or the other, the one thing we love more than watching the movie is discussing it. So now we get to do it with you and a cocktail. So enjoy. Hans, Hans and Laura, Laura go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Hi, movie fans. This week we watch Don't Look Up, a 2020 film written, produced, and directed by Adam McKay and starring anybody who has ever made a film worth watching. We watch this movie because it stars Leonardo DiCaprio. And as any self-respecting fan of the Hans and Laura Go to the Movies podcast should know, I'm a pretty big fan of Leonardo DiCaprio movies. That is true. And as am I, I also very much you enjoy... You sure are, Laura. I very much enjoy Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. And for that matter, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet. Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Scott Muscuti, Hamish Patel, Melanie Linsky, Kate Blanchett, and Meryl Streep, just yeah. to name a few. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to see we got to see DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett together yet again on screen. I'll tell you, um, a, a, a true um, a, a true Hollywood uh, Hollywood silver screen couple. Not in real life, of course, but. So, Hans, is the only reason why we watch this movie because of the cast? Uh, that was a pretty big part of it. All right, that's fair. So, for those of you that don't know, this is a movie about Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence's characters who are a, a professor and a PhD candidate who discover a comet that is going, a comet large enough to basically end the world it's a planet killer it's a planet killer um is hurtling towards the earth and their efforts to prevent that from happening yes in a reality that closely mirrors but maybe is slightly absurd but really not that absurd but we will get into that but the mirrors are current reality no doubt we will so hans Let's dive into this deeper, but first, what are we drinking? Oh, uh, well, unfortunately, I have to say we're yet again on the tried and true. We're drinking just normal gin beam on the rocks. Laura, what did you think about the film Don't Look Up? I'm of two minds of this film, and I'm not of the two minds that the critics seem to be. I think my two minds are the same side of a coin, which is that one, I love this film. Two, I hated that this film existed and I could love it because I hate the reality that we currently live in. Hmm, that's an interesting reaction. So um, I thought this was a great film. I thought uh, that I thought this film was funny and a terrible way and I thought it was interesting and I thought it was sort of a perfect satire of our reality but I will I will say that one of the things and this speaks to my first point that I struggled with is that I 
I have given a lot of thought to this and I thought of this as a satire of our current reality. And I'm like, I don't even know that I think this is a satire. And I thought of it as like, oh, but this is like comedy of the absurd in some ways. And then I realized, but it's not comedy of absurd. This is the problem. So if I have, this is not a critique of the film, but if I have one problem with the film, it's that it's actually, in fact, I feel like too close to reality to really be just a funny movie because every time I laughed like I while I was watching it I was in it and I was laughing but as soon as the movie ended I sort of felt guilty about every laugh I had because I was like this is awful that's an interesting reaction Laura uh my reaction is different uh I I did not love this movie uh I uh I I I was delighted by the first half of the movie and I thought that the first half of the movie was a sharp satire uh, that was well acted with uh, complex characters that were reasonably complex characters for this the type of movie that it was which is a satire and a sharp critique of our contemporary um, you know American slash Western culture um, and certainly a variety of challenges that we're facing uh, whether it's uh, sort of a combination of of it, it, climate change and pandemic, etc., etc. The second half of the movie, though, I felt was sloppy. I felt the writing was sloppy, and I felt that it needed uh, I needed it needed some supervision. <laughs> it needed a um, it needed uh, needed a, a strong voice in the room, uh, a strong sober voice in the room to rein it in and to edit. The second half of the movie, which I, I felt just was um, more akin to a um, um, uh, uh, something you can't even put put your finger on. Uh, I, I'm just forgetting the word right now. Um, uh, a, a skit. A um, what's a skit? Um, yeah, impromptu I, skit. A an impromptu skit would be an impromptu skit. No, that's but, not. But it's a word for it. But um, so this is actually very interesting to me. So I want to know more. What was your what was the turning point for you? Like, what are can you provide some examples that you thought were like places where you're like, oh, or like where you felt like this movie's taking a turn. We'll be right around the 50% mark of the movie, I would say. Well, okay. And I, I can't but what say that, that there's a particular plot point where it turned, but I'll, 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 I, I felt like, for instance, let's take, um, let's take the, um, the character of the president in this, in this movie. I thought that in the first half of the movie, the president was, um, reasonably absurd but also realistic and while was a uh, character that perhaps was reminiscent of certain political figures in American society uh, was not a exact um, replica of Donald Trump the second half of the movie I felt like she basically just turned into Donald Trump it left the subtlety aside. She started doing Trump-style rallies, which were basically just copies of a Trump rally, 
Where's the creativity in that? I felt that unfortunately, DiCaprio's character became less interesting in the second half of the movie. I felt that in the first half of the movie, his character was suitably uh, uh, appropriate for the idea of a um, of a of a professor thrust into the uh, into the into the spotlight. The second half of the movie, DiCaprio is utterly watchable and can pull off any character. But I felt that it just wasn't as smart. I felt that um, I felt that there were a, a number of plot points that simply lacked the subtlety that I wish they had. And I wish that, that Jonah Hill's character, I think, was one of the biggest examples of things going off the rail. I was surprised to find myself thinking in the first half of the film that Jonah Hill was actually doing a very good job of pulling off the idea of a, uh, a presidential chief of staff um, in a, a slightly reasonably absurd way. But in the second half, he seemed to just go off the rails and became utterly preposterous. I felt like the characters became caricatures of of themselves, See, and and I felt that the movie lost uh, lost a lot of its impact for that reason in the second half. So I disagree with you. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, and I think mm. your your crit your criticism is fair because it's a criticism a lot of critics have had, which is the film was like a blunt object, like pounding something into the. So audience. I haven't I haven't read I haven't read other critics, so I'm I'm find that interesting. But here's where I disagree with that. Your criticism of the the president in this movie is that the president was too much like Donald Trump. Right? Yeah, it wasn't creative. That's the problem. It, it don't just copy an actual thing. Come come up with something else that's that's unique in its own way. It makes your point. Well, I mean, okay. So one, I would like to say that the character was different than Donald Trump in the first half. I think in the second half too, but that's 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 an argument we can have. But nonetheless, the idea that like what's going on in this movie is absurd. I think he, here's my read: is that people wanted this movie to be an absurd movie, but the problem is, is that it wasn't absurd. It this movie landed in the uncanny valley, and I think this is the, okay. This is this is the criticism of the movie: is that. It landed in Uncanny Valley because it wasn't, like, normal and nice. It was sort of like, this was like, the emperor has no clothes. Right, like, and by is... the Uncanny Valley, you're referring to the idea of of where something is neither far enough from reality that it's comfortable, nor close enough to reality that, that it's it comfortable. That it is reality. That it is reality, and therefore it falls somewhere in this middle ground that is slightly odd and, and jarring to us. But I think that maybe that was the intent of the movie. Like, I don't think this movie was intended to be, like, an absurdist film. Like, this came from a, a pretty good filmmaker, right? Like, a a good filmmaker and the fact and not to say that people who have made great films in the past will continue to make great films but i think that this was a very intentional decision that was made on this film that was like yeah yeah for everybody else who like vibes with this like i'm angry too like and i think there's a place for that like maybe this isn't like some sort of piece of great art but this is a movie that 
it's a Netflix film meant for people to watch on their couch. And I think maybe the point of it is to be like, yeah, you're angry. I'm angry too. Let's all be angry together. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's, um, the, 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 um, you know, the, 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 the movie, the, the movie struck its core with, with you and, um, and that's, that's good. I feel like with this film to me, it was like the movie, the movie that was released was the director's cut. <laughs> and oftentimes my take on the director's cuts of, of movies is that, uh, sometimes the director is a little too close to the, to the film. And uh, the director's cuts, in, in, in my opinion, are rarely as good as the, as the actual released versions of, of the movie because um, you need to have another set of eyes on that, on that finished product who make some final decisions about what gets included, what but gets But why? Cut. But why? My question is, but why? Why? Well, there were simply scenes that I felt just kind of went off the rails a bit. Again, I think characters went off the rails. And I think that sacrificed the um, the the impact of the movie. Perhaps I don't know. I had less problems with Mindy as you did. I think I think that that in many ways his character took a full character arc in the way that many of the other characters did not. No, that's true. He did. He, there was a character arc there, and 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 that was. That was good to see. I mean, his was was among the least problematic of character of major characters in the film, but could have still been stronger. It could have been, but it's a movie. This isn't a this isn't a television show. You have a short amount of time to portray several characters' character arcs. Well, it it's it's a movie, and I think that uh, that that the first half demonstrated that the second half could have been better. Um, that's, that's my opinion. And you, Laura, my co-host of this podcast, are disagree. entitled to a different opinion. That's absolutely Wholeheartedly right. Wholeheartedly disagree. I think... We got a Siskel and Ebert situation going on here, folks. Watch here's, out. Here's this the thing. This could be a recipe for success. Here's the thing, is if you want some sort of great Hollywood film, this it is not... But I think this is an important film for our time, and I think this channels something that, you know, this sort of like speaks to a time and a place that we're in that nothing has come close to. Like, I think that potentially this film could have a, you know, this could be a film that like in retrospect people look back on as sort of like a sign of the times because I think this does sort of like represent a lot of collective like trauma and frustration and anger like low level right like this was an outlet for low level things that are going on in our society right now I could be completely wrong I also yeah no Laura I think you're right I think this was an outlet for for low level anxiety and I think that's one of the problems with it actually is is that I don't I don't need to have a place where I can vent my frustrations or anxieties. I I I, I want this movie to 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 go beyond that. I'm then and I think that it could have. And again, I feel the first half of this film demonstrated that it had the potential to go there. And I felt that the second half simply did not was not not tight enough. 
All right, and that's fair. But I also think the flip side is is that if this... first half was tight and it made its point strong, and I was delighted by the yes. first half of this. No, movie. no, no. But here's the thing: is if the movie had remained restrained, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Hmm. So it's like, you know, I think that there's something to that as well. Like if the movie would have remained restrained, it would have been just another another of the many films, many of which we've talked about that had sort of this like not quite absurd, but almost absurdist quality about it that wasn't exactly in your face. You know, there's something to be said for maybe that would have been a better film, but maybe it would have been a less memorable film because because in just following sort of the algorithm of film, maybe maybe you would have lost something or maybe you wouldn't have. We don't know. But I, I enjoyed, I think it's actually interesting. I think what I'm speaking to, to when I say this film made, I enjoyed it very much and it made me angry is that in fact, the first half of the movie I found very enjoyable, probably for the same reasons you did. And the second half of the movie made me angry, but not at the filmmakers, at the reality we're living in. Well, that's fine, but you win people over with uh, sugar, not with, um, you know, not with poison. Um, the um, Let's talk for a second about, about things that I thought were highlights of this film. Okay, let's do it. I'll say performances. I'll say that uh, the, um, I think that again, some of the most watchable moments of the movie were those that included uh, both uh, DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett on film. Those two have a incredible screen chemistry. It's just so fascinating to me how many times they have played couples on, on the screen and how good of a job they do with that. It's a very interesting, very interesting dynamic that's going on there. I'll say another thing that I thought was a strength of the of the film in um, performances was um, um, Timothy Charlemagne. Charlemagne? No, I don't think that's right. I think it's Chalafant. Chalafant, thank you. Hmm. There's room for improvement. Um, Timothy Chalafant, I found to be very enjoyable to watch in this film yet again, which suggests to me that he's a um, a, a rising figure, which I think is going to be making some movies that I'm going to be enjoying in the years to come. Um, his choice of movies and the characters he plays are uh, enjoyable. Um, Wes Anderson. The French Dispatch, this film. Um, I'm interested to see what else he's in. That's fair. I also think it's important. I don't necessarily disagree with you that um, the Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett films were scenes were good scenes. I think one of the things that I find most interesting about Leonardo DiCaprio is he's an actor that's really good on his own and with a single person. I did not notice 
per se that the Leonardo DiCaprio Kate Blanchett scenes were better than other scenes or that there was some sort of chemistry. I honestly found it all sort of awkward, but intentionally so in all honesty, like it was obviously meant to be like this somewhat awkward scene in which Kate Blanchett didn't really care about Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And that was not who Leonardo DiCaprio was. Um, but I also found other, many other scenes in which he sort of had these like one-on-one -on -one moments with other people to be very, very good and just as impactful. So I think this sort of just speaks to Leonardo DiCaprio's um, genius. But I also will say that I very much enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence's performance. Yeah, she's solid. She's solid. I, she's solid. I, there were many performances in which I thought were good. Like Jonah Hill, his performance hmm. was, he, I thought he did a good job playing the character he needed to play for this film. Maybe so, but there needed to be some editing and some rewrites going on there. Perhaps. This is up for debate. Yeah. Yeah. Rain it in. Rain it in. Less is more. But he wasn't, yeah, anyway, he was supposed to be sort of this absurd over-the-top character. One of the things. Less is more. Well, this is a film, surprisingly, we can agree to disagree in profound ways. That's right. That's right. And I think that that's an interesting, I think that's interesting. I think that that's probably been very much reflected in a lot of the, um, a lot of the reviews that have been made for this movie. So... Now, I would say uh, it's worth the watch. The first half is great. The second half should have been better. I will say it's worth the watch, mostly so you can watch it and disagree with Hans's opinion about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, movie fans, until next time. We'll see you at the movies. Everybody's entitled to their opinion Everybody's entitled to their thoughts Everybody's entitled to their opinion But hearts and 